Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Good morning. It is Tuesday, June 20th. It is seven minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. We're glad you're joining us this morning. Well, as you get in your car today, just know this. Your gas tax is going up. Indiana (laughs) officials announced yesterday the gasoline use tax is going to climb to 20.5 cents per gallon. This will start on July 1st. (laughs) Good news, right? Well, and this is on top Mm. of... So just a reminder for people, and this is why our show is so popular, we educate as well as entertain. Uh, The Republicans in in Indiana enjoy taking your money so much that when it comes to gasoline, they tax you not once but twice. Mm -hmm. So there is a special tax just for gas. And then there is also the sales tax on gas. So like you pay sales tax for basically everything else. You also pay it for gas. So when you buy a gallon of gas, you are being taxed twice by the Indiana Republican Party. And so not only is the gas tax set to go up. Remember, in the most recent legislative session, the Republicans, while doing nothing to help you with property taxes, ensured that your gas tax would keep going up every July 1st. It goes up by one penny. Yep. That will account for $90 million over the next three years. Uh, what's his face? That guy I've been feuding with. Oh, the totally worthless guy. Prescott? From, uh, uh, yes, J.D. Prescott. Thank you. From uh, Muncie. Thinks this is fine and not a big deal. He tells you, oh, it's one penny. It's no big deal. It's $90 million over three years. Uh, that'll go up just July 1st. And because the price of gas has gone up, the sales tax collected on gas, because it's 7% of whatever the price of gas is, will also go up. So now when you add them together between the state, local, and federal, it'll be 72.9 cents of every gallon of gas you buy will go to taxes. (laughs) 0.9. Okay, so they extended the annual one cent increase this spring. This is going to continue through 2027. And yes, I thought I misread this, but you are going to pay 72.9 cents per gallon in combined state and federal taxes on gasoline. And don't, and look, there are many, 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 many areas by which we can criticize the federal government. We do it every day on this show. But do not, do not, do not confuse this. The vast majority of taxes you are paying in that 72.9 cents is for the state of Indiana. And by the state of Indiana, that's the Indiana Republican Party because they control everything. Your gas taxes have risen dramatically since Eric Holcomb was elected governor in 2017, and the Indiana Republicans have had super majorities in the House and Senate. And they do this, and I think this is... So this morning, and this is what I do on my way to work, Casey, uh, I get calls from other people in government and other local elected officials asking me my opinion on things. It's sort of like, it's like my version of a of a hit without actually getting in back involved in this in the stuff, mm-hmm. right? I, I I get to uh, I get to watch from the sidelines yeah. and advise other people. And this person was calling uh, a local elected official was calling about a lack of transparency in the government in which 
he works or is elected and the dishonest behavior of other local elected officials. And what I told this person is I said, you are essentially consenting by not standing up and publicly voicing your opposition. There's something coming up in a in an upcoming meeting in which, once again, the other people he works with are being deceptive and dishonest and not uh, not not with the taxpayers. Um, and I said, you have an opportunity at this meeting to call these people out, to tell them how they are hiding information from you. They're not being transparent with you. They're not giving you the info because they know you're not going to be a stooge and a lackey and go along with them. If you do not use that opportunity to publicly call these people out on their lack of transparency, you are in many ways complicit whether you vote for this or not because they are treating you like some sort of stooge errand boy when in reality you are equally elected as they are equally elected. Same thing here. There are so many of these people who walk around the state house and either they try to spin this thing into reality or they go, well, I am but one person. What could I do? No one's calling this out. There's not a single solitary Republican who is speaking out against this in the Indiana General Assembly. They're all complicit either by their actual vote, which uh, almost all of them voted for it, or the silence on this. There is no leadership over there. These people take and they take and they take. The Indiana Republican Party is good at three things, Casey. They are good at bigger government, they're good at bigger taxes, and they're good at lying to you about both of those things. Okay, so the Indiana gas tax, it has increased for the fifth straight month in a row. And you just mentioned this is all this tax money going straight back to the state of Indiana. And let's do pop quiz. Where does 50% of the budget go to? Uh, Public education. Very good. So every time you fill up your tank and you're looking at that gas and you're like, oh man, I'm paying for so much. Yeah, you know what you're paying for? You're paying for the CRT and you're paying for the DEI every time you put gas in your tank. Now they will tell you, they will go, but it goes to the roads. Where has been the analysis in these, let's see, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. So this will be the seventh year under high tax Holcomb's reign of the state of Indiana, reign of terror from from Eric the Red. (laughs) And in the seven years, they always say, well, how would you fund the roads? There's never been an in-depth analysis of, for the increase on gasoline taxes, you got A, B, C, and D. Because a lot of it does not actually go to the roads, and that that has come out. That is a fraud, and that is a myth. And this is a state with a $6 billion, billion with a B, surplus. So they have plenty of money without tax increases. They do this because they are addicted to big government. They are addicted to big government projects. They are addicted to control over you and taxation is control. Okay. You mentioned Eric Holcomb. He came out and he said explicitly, explicitly he will not run for U.S. Senate in 2024. He's putting down any rumors that he would seek a federal office after his gubernatorial term ends next year. He said he's closed the door. He's too busy. Oh, he's he's too busy. Mm -hmm. What is he doing? He just went to France or... Le Mans. Yes, wherever that was. Mm -hmm. He's too busy to run for Senate. Look, uh, he's not running for Senate because he knows he would have as much chance as I would of being elected, and I am not running. That's why he's not running for Senate. Now, Capitol Chronicle had this story, and what I thought the most interesting part of this story they had was not that he's not running. It's that he continues to refuse to endorse his, his... stooge lackey lieutenant governor who has been the ultimate yes 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 woman lapdog 
for this guy for the past seven years, and yet he now will not, he still will not endorse her. Mm-hmm. What a total indictment of her. Okay, so he said, that's not to say that I won't at some point endorse someone. He's under no timeline. And you remember, this is the guy who doesn't want to dither. Yes. But here he is. He's dithering. He's not passing out endorsements to anybody. Not just Suzanne, but to anybody. So if you are Suzanne Crouch, think about now. Now, there is a world, perhaps, where she has told him, you are a you are just a plague in the Republican primary circles right now, so please don't endorse me, which that's an even bigger indictment on her because she has been, again, Suzanne Crouch, when you go vote next year in the Republican primary, Suzanne Crouch has been the most reliable, best friend Eric Holcomb could have ever asked for. She has been completely silent, silent Suzanne, on all the tax increases, on all the growth of government, on the lockdowns, on the mandates, on the mask mandates, on the school closures, on, you know, on the uh, trying to put you in jail for not wearing a mask, on calling the rioters and looters noble uh, d- during 2020, on the meet and greet with Malik Muhammad. She has said nothing, and she has given that guy millions of dollars mm-hmm. at this point. So if you want... It doesn't matter whether he endorses her. It doesn't matter. If you vote for Suzanne Crouch, you are voting for four more years of Eric Holcomb. If you vote for Suzanne in a Republican primary, you are voting for four more years of Eric Holcomb because she has been his best friend. And she's so weak, Casey. She is so weak. She gave that guy all this money. She stood behind him through all the... She's Hillary! (laughs) Suzanne Crouch, it just dawned on me, Casey. You know, I have have these just, just, just... Just bursts of brilliance Mm -hmm. in mid-sentence. Suzanne Crouch is Hillary Clinton. She stood behind this scumbag, this dirtball governor for seven years through all the bullcrap he pulled. She gave him all that money. He so disrespected her, he even took her off the signs Mm -hmm. in 2020 for re-election. And yet, here she is, still silent, still refusing to condemn him, and he will not endorse her. Yeah, she is standing by her man. She's carried water for him. But you know, there are some men that like to be smacked down by nanny and put in their place. <laughs> Maybe he's one of those guys and she just hasn't done it yet. What do we like better as a nickname for Suzanne? Because she totally deserves one. Do we like Silent Suzanne or do we like Hillary Crouch better? <laughs> Which one do we like better? I'll leave that. Let, let us know. Maybe we'll put that as part of our voicemails tomorrow. 317-684-8444. What is the more deserving nickname for Suzanne Crouch for her total complicit uh, nature throughout the entire Holcomb administration. Is it Silent Suzanne or is it Hillary Crouch? Because we will we will go by what the people say going forward. Okay. 317-684-8444. That's the number. It is 17 after 9. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
minutes after nine. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Florida First Lady Casey DeSantis, she is the subject of another story, this time from the Washington Post. And the article is about her relationship with Ron DeSantis, which the paper called one of the most guarded and feared partnerships in politics. It's supposed to be a hit piece. But they go on to say how (laughs) private the DeSantis's are within their marriage, as in they have each other's back and they take care of one another. (laughs) According to the Washington Post, this is a real problem if you're in politics. So so they're very committed to each other. Mm-hmm. They have two children together. He totally 100%. Three, three children. Oh, three children together. I'm sorry. They 100% stood behind her and helped her through a serious cancer diagnosis, which mm-hmm. she has recovered from. Mm-hmm. They are, by all accounts, happily married, devoted spouses. Yes. And as part of that, they have said, wherever this adventure leads us together, we will stand behind each other. We're in it together. And the Washington Post seems to think that's a problem. Yes, correct. Also (laughs) trending this morning, Donald Trump, his trial on 37 federal felling counts is poised to begin on August 14th. That just came down this morning. But Trump sat down with Fox's Brett Baer, and Brett asked Trump why he took the documents. Trump starts to answer, and then he starts Blasting Bill Baer, the former attorney general. Bill Barr. Bill Barr, the former attorney general. And then Brett Baer redirects and asks him again. And Trump kind of answers. And then he starts blasting Biden. Look, look, here's the thing, Casey. We're going to hear this. Yeah. And I think we all agree, no matter what your opinion of Trump is, this interview would have been way better if Matt Baer, instead of Brett Baer, had done this interview. <laughs> Very good. He does finally give an answer. Trump took the documents because, well, they were his. I have every right to have those boxes. This is purely a Presidential Records Act. This is not a criminal thing. In fact, the New York Times of all had a story just the other day that the only way NARA could ever get this stuff, this back, would be please, 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 could we have it back? And they please, asked for that. Because they have no, we they were talking. They did ask for it. No. And they said, can you give some, the documents back? And we were talking. And then they said, they went to DOJ to subpoena you to get them Which back. they've never done before. Right. And, and in all why fairness, not just hand them over then? Because I had boxes. I want to go through the boxes and get all my personal things out. I don't want to hand that over to Nara yet. And I was very busy, as you've sort of seen. Yeah. He was very busy. He had to get his stuff out of there. Okay, look, even if you are a Trump mega fan, this is such a lame... His attorneys just have to be beside themselves because what he's, he, he talks himself in circles. If you actually listen with an honest ear, at first he says, no, they never asked for him back. And then bear and look, I'm not a Fox News water carrier. I'm not, I don't, you know, I don't even have cable anymore. I don't watch Fox News. The only Fox News I consume is what we do for the show. But he hits him with facts, which is, uh, yeah, bro, they did ask for him back. The DOJ subpoenaed you. And then he just goes, well, they've never done that before. He didn't have time. He was busy. I mean, so he he, he basically admits right there, or he gets caught in a lie, Mm -hmm. and then he pivots out of it, which, again, you can say whether he should have him, shouldn't have him, whatever. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about he has just lied right there. He's just been caught so easily in a lie, which is they didn't ask for him back. Yeah, they did. They subpoenaed you to get him back. Yeah, they've never done that before. And then, like, again, he's acting as though we were two years on, two years on, basically, one and a half years on when they finally swooped in. And look, the way the FBI handled it is ridiculous. You know, I think the criminal charges are ridiculous. But the idea that over a year and a half, 
you can't he he couldn't go through those boxes and I'm, get his personal I'm, stuff out that he wanted that's totally totally right. totally ridiculous mm-hmm. and it, it just he makes himself sound stupid instead of just saying he should just say I believe I can do whatever I want. Yeah. I did whatever I wanted. Kiss my backside. Yeah. That's a way, I have w- way more okay with that than this thing about, oh, I didn't have time to look through them. Oh, they, they didn't ask for them back. I mean, it's just, it's just it, it never ends with him. Okay, well, you <laughs> you had mentioned that his lawyers might be beside themselves. Yeah, stop talking, dude. Don't go on Fox News and do an interview. He does get into Saudi Arabia, his campaign pa- his campaign platform, and also he rips on the media and we'll sprinkle those uh, in throughout the morning. But before we go to break though, let's let's just pause and tell the American people where we are at. We are going to have a choice in all likelihood for president between a guy who thinks the queen is still alive mm-hmm. in Joe Biden. Yep. And this guy Trump what happened to this country? It is though I'm watching that show. Uh, you had talked about it a long time ago. Jury duty, mm-hmm. which is phenomenal. Yeah. I'm only a couple episodes into it. If you've not seen this show, this guy, it's a reality show, except the joke is there's only one guy who's real. Everyone else is an actor and they somehow, and I haven't figured this all out yet. Cause I'm not far enough in get this guy to believe he's on jury duty and everybody around him, the jury, the judge, the everybody's pro- in on it. The, the attorneys are actors except for this guy, but he really thinks he's on jur- on a, a jury. Mm-hmm. And all this wacky stuff starts happening. There's admittedly famous people that are on the jury with him. I mean, just all sorts of weird stuff. And the actors are really good, and it, it's very well done. I feel like that's where I'm at right now. That everybody knows this is some big joke. That you're an actor, that Kev's an actor, that Trump's an actor, that Biden's an actor, and somebody's going to just pop out and go, ha ha, gotcha. We have cameras placed everywhere. You just didn't even know. 330 million people. And we've got Trump, who lies more often than he changes his underwear and will not stop talking, and a guy who thinks the queen is alive. And that's the best we can do in 330 million people. Somebody is... Is Netflix here? You're being punked. John Herrick, do you work for Netflix? Are you a part of some sort of documentary? Uh, Not as of now, not that I know of. This is real life, Rob. Welcome to it. We've got Micah Beckwith, who's going to join us next. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It's time to go to church. Here to preach to the choir from the bully pulpit, Pastor Micah Beckwith. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob and Casey's here. Let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline, the conservative voice of the state of Indiana. Now the man who wants to hold Republicans accountable in the state house. Candidate for Lieutenant Governor Micah Beckwith joins us. Uh, okay, Beckwith, you've been uh, running for Lieutenant Governor for two weeks now. Uh, how has your life changed for the better and for the worse? Well, it's been great, actually. I mean, we've been meeting already, going all over the state, meeting uh, great people. I was up in Adams County on Saturday. I got to meet a lot of the uh, amazing just patriots up there. And then I was in Marion County uh, at a a front – it's called the Front Porch Patriots. Uh, It's this group – I didn't know they existed in Marion County, but this group of uh, awesome – uh, conservative constitutionalists that get together um, on a on a pretty regular basis and talk about how they can uphold constitutional values and conservative values in Marion County. So met them. There's 
big group there. And then uh, was at Madison County uh, a few days after that. And so it's been a lot of fun. People are super excited. They are uh, intrigued, uh, I would say is a good word. Like uh, they just say, I didn't realize anyone can run for lieutenant governor in Indiana. I said, yes, you can. And that's how it should have been all along. And so we're going, we're going back to what, what the founders intended. I have a question because back in the olden days, a man would tell his wife and children, I am going into the forest to forage for food. I am uh, going to chop down trees. I am going to bring back bear skins. I will see you all in about six months with supplies. I hope you all do well in the meantime. That is how I picture you with your wife and children now as you're naming all these counties you've been to in the past two weeks. Uh, well, I think she may agree with you. I try to make sure there's a balance uh, of some uh, of some semblance of re- reality. I got to come back to to reality at some point. And uh, uh, I love you know. Yesterday, for instance, we I had a little bit of an off day, and so I took the kids out golfing. And Brody's a you know he's he just got a great swing, man. I tell you what, and so so that's fun. So we're finding great great things we can do as a family, and that's we're we're enjoying it. Hey, did you have a good Father's Day, Micah? It was awesome. Good. It was awesome. I uh, we had a great church service on Sunday morning, and then I just kind of came home, and uh, you know the, the, the Susan and, and the kids they kind of let me veg on the couch, and I just watched the U.S. Open. I'm telling mm-hmm. you what, man, that that was a that was a great U.S. Open, and and that rough. I oh my goodness, I can't believe that ball. You cannot see the ball when it goes in the rough. It was just. It was incredible to watch these players. So, um, yes, I did have a great, great Mike, Father's Micah's day. Father's Day service, I watched it last night, Casey. Uh, it was all the ways I'm failing as a father, so it was very uplifting. Oh, nice. <laughs> strike, that strike, strike. Food, Rob. I tried to encourage you <laughs> to, how to be a good father. Do better. <laughs> hey, Micah, as you've been traveling around, have you noticed how the gas prices are going up? That is a, a big problem. I, I see that. I feel that just like every other Hoosier does. Um, and, and, again, it's something that we could have stopped a long time ago in Indiana. Uh, our conservative, quote-unquote, legislature is not really that conservative when it comes to uh, fiscal responsibility, in my opinion. They may, they may say, hey, we've got a big, uh, a big uh, uh, revenue, a cushion, uh, but, but the people are hurting right now. Property taxes and gas prices are through the roof. Inflation, because of what Biden's doing, is, is killing us. And, and we need our, our, legislator, our legislature to step up and, and help give us some relief as, um, as Hoosiers. We started the show off talking about this, how the gas tax has gone up again. It's about to go up again July the 1st. And, you know, you've got guys like Jeff Thompson, according to our news gathering partner at Wish TV. He's the head of Ways and Means, who calls this reasonable. He thinks it's fine that we have one of the highest gas taxes in the nation he thinks it's fine that collectively every time you fill up your tank it's 72.9 cents of every gallon of gas you buy goes to taxes and this this is the another example of why you have to win because nobody in that supermajority is holding is speaking up is trying to speak up for the folks is trying to do anything for the people yeah, that's a great point, Rob. I mean, the the idea that they would even think about increasing taxes or or doing anything that would that would add to what we are already feeling as our burden, our financial burden as taxpayers. Right now, that's the last thing you should be doing, especially as a supermajority Republican legislature. You, you, we need to be saying, how can we cut every little thing we can from off the shoulders of of the taxpayers? 
because people are hurting right now. I feel, I see it. I feel it. I talk to people. They're all ticked off at how expensive it is just to live anymore. And I know sometimes you can be in that Marion County bubble. You can be down at the state house and, you know, be around all the lobbyists and they tell you, Oh no, it's fine. Everything's fine. Like just keep printing money. Just keep, you know, federal government's going to keep printing money and giving us uh, big handouts and we can, you know, everything's good. The, the, the taxpayers don't feel it. They're fine. And, and, and that's not the case. I mean, I, I just was right before we got on the, on the show, I was messaging someone who had reached out to me and they said, we, we need food. We don't have food for the next week. And I said, Hey, we got a food pantry at life church. Come over here. We'll get you stocked up. And, and I mean, that's everyday people uh, right now are hurting. And, and, and it seems like our legislators just don't really care. I thought I maybe misunderstood that at one point when I read that line, but starting July 1st, Indiana drivers are going to pay 72.9 cents per gallon in taxes. Going up for the fifth straight month Indiana in a row. Indiana Republic of Bernie Yay! strikes again, Casey. But Go hey, team. But hey, Casey, the radio broadcaster, he's the bad guy in yeah, the equation. Yeah, sure. sure, sure, it's us. Hey, uh, Michael, <laughs> what do you think about uh, Eric Holcomb saying that he is not going to run for Senate? Uh, I saw I saw that one coming a long time ago because he, he if he was going to run in any primary, any competitive primary, he would have never vetoed or fought against uh, constitutional carry, vetoed the women's sports bill that kept biological men out of playing uh, women's sports. He would have never gone to Davos and hung out with the World Economics Forum people a year ago like he did. He, he was doing all the wrong things a year and a half ago, and it told me then that he doesn't care about what Hoosiers really think. He only cares about what the, uh, the, the elite uh, Marion County crowd and then the World Economic Forum crowd care because I think what he's probably going to be doing, he's probably going to look for a, a high-paying sort of uh, lobbying job or a job with the, the, the guys like Klaus Schwab and, and those people over in, uh, in, in Davos. So that's, that's really what I saw coming for a while. So he couldn't win a competitive primary. If he ran against Jim Banks, I'm telling you, Jim Banks would just shellack him because – uh, what, what, hey, I Micah, mean, would, would Jim Banks to show up to vote for himself? Because <laughs> he, he sure didn't show up to vote for us on the debt ceiling. So would he show up to hey, vote for himself? This is about Eric Holcomb there. This is about Eric, this is about Eric <laughs> yeah, Holcomb. Yeah. Right. No, aren't you curious? Aren't you just the least <laughs> bit curious, Micah? Where was Jim Banks? I don't, you, see, you guys should have him in on the show. I don't know. Ask <laughs> yeah, boy, boy, we sure have tried, Micah, and it's all radio silence. Go ahead, Casey. Okay, so I'm wondering, he, uh, Eric Holcomb, let's go back to that guy, that silver fox. He has not endorsed Suzanne Crouch, his f- lieutenant governor. At this point, does she want an endorsement from him? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Oh, well, I, she might take <laughs> it. I think she's better off not having it. I mean, she's... Everywhere I go, and I'm, and I'm again, I've been traveling the state now at least for two weeks. Uh, but I've, even before then, you know, I've been out. Uh, we've been, you know, doing a lot of great activism and conservative in the conservative movement. Every time Suzanne's name comes up, the first thing like this never fails. People say, "Yeah, is she just another Holcomb 2.0? Is she where was she when Holcomb was doing all this nonsense of locking everything down? Where was where was she when?" Uh, he was forcing people to, uh, you know, labeling them the essential and non-essential. Where was she when he vetoed the women's sports bill? And and I think in her case right now, it's good that he's not endorsing her. And if I were her, I would say I don't want your endorsement. And uh, I think that'll help distance her from just the – just the nonsense that's been the last four years under Eric Holcomb. Uh, Mike, I'm back with our guests. Before I let you go, now, again, you're running at a convention next year for lieutenant governor. You won't run in front of the, the regular primary voters. 
So one of the things that you get to do at the convention is before you give your speech and people vote, you have someone who introduces you. Micah, have you envisioned a world in which Rob Kendall goes up on the stage in front of the entire 1,800 Republican delegates to air grievances of the Republican Party and introduce you to the masses? (laughs) Okay, so picture the scene where the Wicked Witch of the West gets water dumped on her, and now amplify that by 500 voices in that room, and that's what it would sound like. Uh, you know, so... I'm melting! I'm melting! Oh, no. <laughs> Let's give the people what they want. We all know, Micah, the government is, in, is a total clown show filled with unserious people. Let's give the people what they want! <laughs> I love it. Hey, that, that has crossed my mind. I won't lie to, to the listeners here. Who knows if uh, if if I'm up there, you may see a Rob Kendall appearance. Uh, let's uh, give or take. So we'll see. But burn but, it but all Casey, to the ground, I'm baby. Really hoping, let's burn it to the ground. <laughs> I'm really hoping Casey. Uh, it will be. She, she's going to be the first right of refusal. When she turns me down, then I'll I'll go to Rob. Yeah. You know, as a backup plan. So. Uh, you you want the sensible, reasonable one there with you. <laughs> That's right. Can That's you imagine right. the first words out of my mouth? I got a lot of problems with you, you people. people. <laughs> Mike, if people want to learn more about you. How can they do that? Yeah, go to MicahBeckwith.com, or you can uh, follow me on Facebook uh, or social media. And, uh, yeah, just message me. would love to let you know kind of more on the process and what we need people to do to support us. We can, you can obviously give money, but, but we really need people to get out there and spread the word about what we're doing uh, in this LG race. Uh, Micah Beckwith, thank you, my friend. Hey, thanks, guys. I'm most looking forward to the feats of strength. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Good morning, 948. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We have some breaking news to share with you. Hunter Biden has been charged with gun and tax crimes, but wait... He has pled guilty. (laughs) The beloved son of your president, Joe Biden, he has agreed to plead guilty to three federal charges, two tax misdemeanors, and one gun charge. So isn't this, and I know we're going to get to this next top of next hour, but isn't this, because there's new stuff in the whole Lucas saga, but isn't this very reminiscent of what just happened with Jim Lucas, where a very high profile person is in the same day charged and a plea agreement is reached in which they don't have to essentially appear in front of the masses in court. Uh, the media can't cover it. There's no opportunity for photos or coverage. And the end result will be mm-hmm. that Hunter Biden will do no jail time right. despite serious gun allegations, which the left loses their mind on anything related to guns. But Hunter Biden will do no jail time and not paying your taxes, which I thought the whole premise of the 87,000 new IRS agents was so that the rich guy, which in this case, Hunter Biden's was a million dollars or more we're talking about here, the rich guys weren't paying their fair share, yet despite the two things the left loses their mind about, the rich guy's not paying their fair share, and the guns, Mm -hmm. and he did them both, he's not going to do any jail time. He gets a big old pass. Well, I was assured that Hunter was innocent. (laughs) He's also the brightest guy Biden knows. Well, the big guy and the left-wing media said so. Uh, Okay, so this is a proposed plea deal. It's got to be approved by a federal 
federal judge and Hunter might have to appear in court to enter his plea, but they have not said when or where. So this is from his uh, attorney, Chris Clark. Here's the quote. This according to NBC. Just... I'd love to know how much this guy got paid. That would be by the how much this uh, attorney for Hunter Biden got paid. He said, quote, according to NBC, a firearm charge which will be subject to a pretrial diversion agreement and will not be the subject of the plea agreement will also be followed by the government. Quote, I know Hunter Biden believes it is important to take responsibility for these mistakes he made during a period of turmoil and addiction in his life. Uh-huh. He looks forward to continuing his recovery and moving forward. This was just a hiccup, and he's going to get the help that he needs. <laughs> is it not? So similar Mm -hmm. to what just happened Mm -hmm. with Jim Lucas. Yeah, rules for thee and not for me. In which a very high-profile person, it was obvious Hunter Biden, just like it was obvious Jim Lucas did the thing he was accused of, and yet in the same, within seconds, there's not only an announcement of charges, but also a plea agreement, Mm -hmm. and the person in question is going to skadoodle on out the door with no jail time. Carry on. Yep, exactly. Keep on keeping on. And so now, I mean, I guess this is it. This is the end of it. And it's now up to the House of Representatives to get to the bottom of Burisma and the bribes and 10% for the big guy. I guess the the Justice Department just has washed their hands of this. Yep. Okay, let's talk about what's going on with this submersible. A crew launched this submersible around the Titanic around 4 a.m. on Sunday. They lost communication with the mothership about an hour and 45 minutes later. And this, according to Ocean Gate's website, they say the sub could last up to 96 hours underwater, five people in that submersible consuming the oxygen. And at this point, things are not looking good because there's there's no rescue option there. Okay, so these people had paid money. Like $250,000, I believe it was, to go on this trip. To Yes, to go on a trip essentially to the bottom of the ocean to go see the Titanic. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, Casey, I said this during when all the people were going in the rockets up to space. You are clinically insane if you pay to do this because no matter how much training or whatever you have, you never actually have the proper training to do this. Look, if you're an astronaut, okay, but as a regular person, you are subjecting yourself to go somewhere where man is not intended to go. Look, I know we figured out how to do it, but you know, if God wanted the bottom of the ocean to be explored by man, he'd put the bottom of the ocean on the top of the water, right? I mean, there's certain places <laughs> he would have given his gills that are just for the, for the where the good Lord wants certain things to be, and man is not one of them, and. This is a, I mean, this is, looks like, unfortunately, it is, I mean, it's not AAA, right? You can't, you can't just call a tow truck. Right. I mean, are they stuck down there? Did they get hooked on something? You know, did the thing fall apart? Nobody knows. And, you know, what a horrific, th- I mean, to even think about it just makes me. Want to breathe? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, a, I mean, can you imagine I mean, obviously, look, if, if something happened in the, the, the ship or whatever we're calling it, submarine capsized or, you know, broke apart, or whatever those people would instantaneously be, be, would perish because of the pressure. But the thought of being stuck down there and knowing there's no way out. So one of the guys that's in there, the billionaire who paid $250,000 to Hama, go on this Hamish, trip. Hamish Harding is that guy's name. He was one of the people that was in the Blue Origin rocket 
so he did go to space. Yes. And now he's going to the bottom of the this ocean. This is crazy. Yeah. It's almost like, you know, like there's like a drug addict. Yeah. Or, or an alcoholic. And it takes more and more. You need a bigger hit each time. And this guy clearly is some sort of a, an adrenaline junkie and has the money to do it. So it's got to be a bigger exploration each time to get him to that level. Yeah, and I get that there would be. Yes, absolutely. If the Titanic could, could would, is, whatever brought up to the surface now again i think many people feel that it should forever just stay where it is it is a you know an, a monument a, a or graveyard. a grave to the people who perished there mm-hmm. but obviously it would be the world's biggest tourist attraction right if the titanic were to come up and people would go see it and this guy had clearly had the wealth to be able to go down there and do things that other people couldn't do but now look at the position you're in mm-hmm. what's the fascination there why do you have to go and see that i think it's because other people can't do it mm. i think it's more what is this experience like that uh, it's like you getting to be on this radio show with me you have an experience that no one else does <laughs> lucky me well it's true ho- hope pray for these people we need something great to happen because that does not look good yeah it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc 955 good morning